from a wooded area and surrendered without incident. Results from Jeffrey Epstein's autopsy are expected to be released later today. Epstein committed suicide yesterday morning by hanging himself in his jail cell. He was awaiting trial for sex trafficking charges. Even though he wasn't on suicide watch, Epstein was supposed to be monitored every 30 minutes, but that procedure wasn't being followed. An investigation into the circumstances of his death is underway. 2020 presidential hopeful Michael Bennett says Americans are tired of waking up in Donald Trump's reality TV show. They're sick of a, a president who's dividing us. I mean, it's very clear what he's trying to do. He acquired power by dividing the American people against themselves. On CBS's Face the Nation, the Colorado senator said it's very clear that the president is dividing us and he believes everyone is tired of it. Hobbs and Shaw is still running the box office, earning just $25 million in its second week in theaters in the U.S. and Canada. Coming in second was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which took in nearly $21 million bucks in its debut weekend. The Lion King moved to third place, selling $20 million worth of tickets in its fourth week in theaters. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Now, Skyscan weather for the RVA from 1029 The Mater. For tonight, look for partly cloudy skies, a low about 73 degrees. For tomorrow, mostly sunny with a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after about 3 o'clock, high of 94. Overnight tomorrow night, chance of showers and thunderstorms, low of 76. Chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm on Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a high of 90 degrees. From the Mater Weather Center, I'm John Waters. One zero two nine, the Mater presents in the red zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey Wood and West, and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. are getting into very, very busy times here as we approach the middle of August on this Monday night, August 12th, 2019. We greet you live from Sports Page Grill, Ashland, and it's in the red zone live on 102.9 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM. Our fans listening live at the links available each week at both rbasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. And a special welcome to those of you listening tonight on your mobile devices on the TuneIn Radio app on Radio all R-A-D-I-A-L-L. That's R-A-D-I-A-L-L. Not one, but two fantastic guests. So we continue to get ready for fall sports at Randolph-Macon College in this hour. Last week had the privilege and honor of talking to head coach Pedro Aruzo, the football team live. Those guys are coming in town and practice gets started day after tomorrow as they look ahead to September 5th and their opener at home. It'll be number 24 Randolph-Macon taking on number five Johns Hopkins, the preseason D3football.com top 25 was released late last week. Yellow Jackets making that top 25 for the first time in terms of preseason and Johns Hopkins of course has become a regular mainstay in top 25 Division 3 college football in, in a unique situation this season. They're coming off a 
run through the NCAA Division III championship where they made it all the way to the national semifinals. So they were one victory away from playing for a national championship. And as you may or may not know, uh, then they suffered a, a, just a horrible loss right after the first of the year as their longtime head coach passed away suddenly. And so there was a change in the program that was totally unexpected. While well, one of the assistants was uh, promoted up to head coach, but it will be interesting to see how the Blue Jays respond uh, with not having their head coach for the first time in a very long time. But, boy, what an experienced team. What a deep program. What a great program. Part of the same conference with Muhlenberg, who, of course, was the team that eliminated Randolph-Macon in the second round of last year's Division Three championship. So that will be on September the 5th, a Thursday night, under the lights at Day Field. And, of course, we are your home flagship station for Randolph-Macon College football all season long. Marty Wilson and yours truly with the call each and every week, including September 5th's primetime opener at Day Field, pregame at 6.30. We'll kick it off at 7 o'clock that Thursday night here on the Mater. We'll talk about high school football coming up later on in this hour, including we will announce our high school football game of the week game for the week three september the 13th and then on next week's show we're going to tell you who's going to be on the game of the week in week four september the 20th then as the calendar goes towards october and into november we keep our options open so that we can bring you the game each week that has the most playoff implications and interest in this season is going to be wide open and different uh, and, and, and an interesting new era in high school football. We've talked about it some with some of the new head coaches who have dropped by here in the red zone. David Butler at Hanover, Perry Jones at Glen Allen. And as the weeks progress, we hope to have uh, Matt Gray from Atley, Mark Pallio from Collegiate, of course, Collegiate Cougars football back here on the Mater September 6th. And next week here live on the show, Lee Davis head football coach Ryan Turnage will be with us. We'll be talking about not only how Lee Davis will try to turn things around after a disappointing 2018 season, but they go out of class five and into class four so instead of fighting the likes of Elsie Bird, Highland Springs, Henrico etc uh, trying to get a postseason bid they find themselves in a very competitive class four region B but with a different opponents should they rise up to the occasion and get one of the top eight spots in that region and make the postseason in 2019 they might be looking at Patrick Henry or Hanover should they be able to rebound from tough 2018 campaigns as well or they could be looking at the likes of Monacan or Dinwiddie or Louisa or Eastern View teams that we have become very familiar with in class four over the last several years so that's coach Turnage next week and we'll talk more about high school football coming up on the back end of the hour here tonight, want to take a moment and congratulate the Rockville 10U Baseball All-Stars. What a journey it was all the way out to Phoenix City, Alabama, where they spent a week competing in the 2019 Cal Ripken World Series, part of Babe Ruth Baseball. It was the second consecutive season that, that uh, Rockville sent a baseball team to World Series play. Now, last year, they received an invite after being runners-up in the Southeast region. This year, they won the Southeast region, and with it, the automatic bid in to the World Series. In 16 teams were in the tournament, and they did finish in the top 12. They finished 2-4 and four overall. Pool play, they had a hard draw to begin with. Their first game was against the Alabama State champions from Mobile, who ended up playing for the championship overall, falling to eventual champion, 
Raleigh, North Carolina, middle of last week. So they went undefeated all the way to that championship. So a tough way to start the tourney. And then a loss to a very good team from Idaho. The Idaho State champions put Rockville behind the eight ball at 0-2. But they bounced back with a very good 7-5 win over the New England regional champions from New Hampshire. Then they got into bracket play. Their first game was against the California State champions from Bakersfield. They fell in that game, but it did allow them to play one more uh, when they went into what's called the Ironman bracket, and they were able to get revenge over the team that beat them and eliminated them from competition in the World Series a year previously at the 9U level, and that was the host city of Phoenix City, Alabama. That was a huge win and a redemptive win for the Rockville All-Stars. And then they came back up against Idaho a second time in their final game, and, and check this out. They went into the sixth inning down by seven. They were down 9-2, and they scored seven runs and had a chance to take the lead, but a squeeze-bunt attempt did not work. They were tied 9-9 after five and a half. Idaho came up bottom six, and they were able uh, to eventually, in extra innings, get the walk-off run to win it 10-9 and in Rockville's run in Alabama. But to all of the players on that team, as well as to head coach Dave Fry, congratulations on a job well done. And you know that are uh, the, the stakes and the expectations over at Rockville in terms of what they expect now to have happen after seeing so much success in softball the last several years. Both a softball and a baseball team make regional level and then World Series level action last year and with the baseball team returning to the World Series this year. High, high hopes as Panic at the Disco would say as we go into the new decade, summer of 2020 and beyond. So a salute to our hometown team over in Rockville. We'll take our first commercial time out now. When we come back, we're going to sit down and talk volleyball. The 2019 Randolph-Macon season gets underway in just a few weeks and coming up, we get to to listen to the dulcimer tones of the head women's volleyball coach and director of overall volleyball operations getting ready for season 18 here in Ashland. Bill Rogers joins us next on the other side of this break. Live at Sports Page Grill Ashland on 1029 The Mater and live online on the RVA Sports Network. Thanks for being with us on this Monday evening. You are in the red zone. There's more to come right after this short break. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think and Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think and Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think and Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think and Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think and Ink in Ashland. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. 
Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one Stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt dependable service since 1923. That will be a completely accurate statement when you hear it coming out of break here in just a few weeks when we get back to the high school football game of the week. Two-night week one doubleheader coming up Thursday, August 29th and Friday, August 30th, and we'll review that coming up. Plus, again, reveal our game of the week for September 13th coming up here later this hour, live from Sports Page Grill on In the Red Zone. Now we turn our focus and attention to volleyball. You know, it's been a lot of talk over this decade, and we're beginning to kind of look at things and terms of the decade as it's quickly coming to a close in terms of the success of various programs that Randolph make and obviously football has done well and it's gotten a lot of headlines men's basketball women's basketball uh, the baseball team made it to the College World Series for the first time in program history in 2018. The softball team replicated that feat, their first visit to their World Series uh, just back a few months ago. But for my money, the most consistent winning program that we have seen on the campus of Randolph-Macon College in the decade of the 2010s plays in Crenshaw Gymnasium in the fall. They get ready in August, and they send it and lace it up and get ready to go and start play in September, October, and then, of course, big time November. They, too, have made a trip to the ultimate point in Division Three uh, uh, level competition a few years ago when they made it all the way to the national quarterfinals, and I'm speaking of women's volleyball. Looking for their sixth consecutive Old Dominion Athletic Conference regular season championship as the 2019 season gets underway on August 30th, and for the first time, we've been able to get the head coach, Bill Rogers, over here to Sports Page to join us live on In the Red Zone. Coach, it is an honor to have you with us. Welcome aboard. How you doing? I'm great, Rob. Thanks. And, and tell me about your summer. Got got to got to talk a little bit about just how do you how do you kind of unwind and enjoy yourself before you get set for the rigors of practice and getting them ready in the season. You know, volleyball is a 12-month sport now, so we're thinking about it. We're recruiting. We had camps. Uh, but, you know, I guess you mean, am I up riding my horse, Jack? All right, that, that, not that, yeah. So that would be the follow-up question. How's Jack doing, and did he get any work in over the summer? Got, Jack got a little work in. We did some uh, trail riding and uh, probably some 10-mile rides up in the mountains. Really? Yeah. Is there any particular area that's kind of home for you up there that's kind of where you like to go? Western Augusta County. Really? Mm-hmm. T- tell me tell me about it, about you know, the location, the terrain. What's mm-hmm. and, and, and do you well, to go early morning, late evening? Do you mix it up so you well, can enjoy it? It's cooler up there. You know, it's a nice place to spend the summer. It's about 10 degrees cooler up on the mountains. So that always helps. That's really nice. Uh, we go up like the North River Gorge or uh, there's some trails that the bikers in Harrisonburg have actually cut and they allow us to go down the bike trails and so it's a lot of trails and 
Um, they wind through the mountains and you get beautiful views and you don't have to think about anything and your cell phone doesn't work. It's great. <laughs> that last point's the best point of all. And conveniently, your cell phone's not getting reception. That's right. Gee, why do you think I picked this area? Uh, so. well, now, do you house Jack nice. here in the area? No, he's up there. He is. I have, a, I have a farm up there. Got it. Okay. Family farm. Got it. It's a family farm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you grow up uh, up in that um, that part of the area? I spent my summers up there all okay. my life, yeah. And then I go up all the time. I'm going up tonight. Really? Yeah. Give yourself a chance to unwind a little bit more I, just in case. I've got a couple more days before the season starts. Do so it, I'm do it do my that. friend. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You know, I've never asked you this question in all the years that I've been covering you guys. And that is, how did Bill Rogers meet volleyball? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I used to design computer software and... And I lived in Texas. Okay. And I worked for Texas Instruments back in the early 80s. Okay. And they had a gym on site. And, you know, they had, they had uh, like 80,000 employees in Texas. And so they had leagues. And I started playing in the leagues in the early 80s because they didn't have volleyball in high school and college when I went. Okay. And so I learned. And then I got drafted by different teams to help, you know. And I started studying it, and I realized that it was, uh, you know, designing computer software and designing an offense and a defense are very similar. Really? Same, oh yeah, same skill set. When you say same skill set, what, what do you exactly mean by that? What are some of the things that you can apply in either world? Well, it's, it's all very logical, you know, how things flow. And so the, the analytical side of computer design and troubleshooting is kind of the same as the analytical side of volleyball. Makes, very similar. Makes sense. And and now jump on that and help the the person listening right now who has a cursory understanding of volleyball and when they see the ball, you know, uh, serve to the other team and then suddenly it looks like a control chaos breaks out on the floor depending upon where you know where the ball is is hit etc cetera, etc cetera. sometimes it doesn't look like there's a logical flow and i know your one of your responses is going to be well yeah sometimes they don't make the logical flow yeah, no. but but how there's got to be a beauty and grace when the sport is done the way it's coached that you just kind of sit back and go yeah that's exactly just like we planned it just like we did you, you know, know on paper I, sometimes i equate it to like a ballet dance you know ballet dance is choreographed every move Mm -hmm. or what a gymnast do like simone is doing right now for the olympic team all of that is choreographed right down to the each little movement and volleyball is too it's just that you're competing against someone right across the net and so that's the variable that you can't control but in an ideal world, we know exactly where the ball is going to go, and we pass it exactly where we want to pass it, and then we have options. And we, when it comes to hitting, we probably have 15 options that the setter can pick in any one rotation. Mm. And so, hopefully, you are in control, and you're dancing the way you want to dance, and then it goes your way. But often, it doesn't. And then well, you, you've, we, got, you've got to have those who are able to make adjustments on the fly while maintaining the flow. And we do that, and we call that out of system. And we practice at least 50% of the time out of system. Really? Oh, yeah. So our practices sometimes look like chaos. <laughs> so we force them into situations that are not what they want to do in order for them to react. And we spend a, a huge amount of time in practice doing that. 
And then conversely, how much time do you spend defensively working to do the exact same thing, disrupting your opponent? Well, we definitely spend a lot of time trying to do that. <laughs> I mean, we analyze video and uh, we look for other teams' weaknesses and then we'll practice taking advantage of those weaknesses. But again, it's a very complex sport. Yes. Even though when you're watching it, it may not. It may seem like what you said, which is chaos, and it's not. It's 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 extremely complex, and that's the beauty of it to me. It is the the fact that you can have complete confidence that your libero, when the ball comes over the net, doesn't matter how it comes over, she will know a way to get it in the position where it needs to be. We hope. So, yeah, so that your setter has the options available that she has, and at the same time, here you know here comes the the hitters, whether they be middle or side who are already trying to understand where the setter is going to go and start their motion, whether they're going to get the ball or not. A is a decoy or B, I do have it. It's my opportunity for the kill. And I, it is constant motion for all six on the floor, it not is. just physically, but man, psychologically, their brains have just got to be going 100 miles an hour. It is. And I think the biggest thing for freshmen coming in is to learn to play the speed. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually try, I have drills where I practice them faster than what a game is because I'm trying to speed their brain up. Speed it up. Because they're used to the slowness of high school or, or club ball. And we really try to run fast. And that's part of it. Um, we see the biggest progression between freshman and sophomore year. And a lot of that is just learning the speed. But we also practice them playing next to people who they know like even though i have a lot of people we find rotations that work where people play well next to each other and we play them that way for a reason for a reason because they start to intuitively understand what the other one's doing because verbal communication is one thing but when you see nonverbal communication begin to foster between right. two players in this sport that has to be important very right. huge it is so t tell me, what was it like when you first walked on campus and began your journey here at Randolph-Macon 18 seasons ago? Uh, well, what was the state of the program? What were your goals? What were you thinking? And did you think you'd be sitting here getting ready for season 18 in 2019? Wow. <laughs> All right, Rob. <laughs> um, so to answer the last question, no, I didn't think I'd be here that long going into my 19th season okay and the probably the second longest tenured coach at randolph macon right now or wow roughly i think yeah right there's coach lahay at women's basketball and then, and then me and profit are in there I somewhere about to say yeah let the fight begin with kevin and, and you we were both came in at the same time but i don't know which one of us got here first right who, who was um, march who was yeah right i you know i came in late like i came in two weeks before the season started really yeah and so i had no expectation at all because I didn't know what I had, and I didn't recruit anybody. Right. I took the previous coaches' recruits, and one or two of them were pretty good. Um, one of them ended up playing for four years, so mm. she was not bad. But um, it was interesting because after my first year, 11 players either graduated or quit. And the ones I brought in, they saw the writing on the wall, the ones I brought in. And so I think they, I think at the time it was more of a social thing. Okay. And... Um, they could see that I was more interested in winning championships. Yeah, and and to do that, you knew the caliber of player that you needed to right. have. Uh, but it, it took a while to get that ship you know, turned around, so to speak, okay. and steered in the correct direction. When did you, can you, 
point back to a season to where you thought to yourself, okay, I think we've successfully made the turn. We can start to do what I what I came here to do. I think that the group I brought in that for that second season, um, four of them ended up being four-year starters. I think after that second season, I, I, we were we were on the right track. You were on the right track. Yeah. Wow. When did when did you win the first ODAC championship? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Long time ago. You have to look back. I'll have to go back in the it's records. Too many. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, you've been the hunted and the targeted for several years now. Yeah. I mean, consecutive times, regular season champions. What, the last five tournaments, semis and championships, six, seven I tournaments, think, something like that, have been here seven. in Ashland? You know, the, the it's funny because the coaches – used to rotate the tournament from school to school mm-hmm. on a on a rotation basis that was just fixed. And that year before we hosted, they decided that the team that won the regular season got to host. Would host. And we've been hosting ever since. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> but, but I guess that's something you kind of look at and go, okay, well, if we can make that our advantage, let's do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, we must be pretty lucky because uh, there's some good teams in the ODAC. And um, I, I feel like we do get ready early. And maybe earlier than some of them, and so that helps with that regular season schedule. Yes. And I'm not sure why we get ready early, but um, we seem to be pretty ready to play. You, you seem to also bring the caliber of player here who is not only wanting to play but wanting to get better. Um, I think Miranda Hall is a, a, a fantastic example from a local standpoint. She had a great career at Hanover, and then she comes here to Randolph Macon, and I just watched her just reach a level that frankly I didn't know if she could reach or not and sophomore year she's the ODAC player of the year how fun is it to take someone like that and be able to work with them and watch them blossom individually as well as how it helps the team uh, well it's awesome I mean I love giving back to the kids and and I, I hope I've got something that I can give them to make them a little bit better anyway um, but Miranda came in with a great attitude and wanted to get better and she, you know, she's a former gymnast, and so she knows what it's like to be really pushed. And so I pushed her to be better. But I know what her limits are. Right. I don't know if you could push them all that way, but I push her pretty hard. I, I would think different people react to different situations different ways, and you as a coach have to learn that from the moment, really, you start recruiting someone, hoping they come and become part of your roster. Oh, yeah. So... 2019 season getting started here in a couple of weeks. Tell me about some of the ladies coming back that are kind of going to be the the uh, the foundation, as it were, um, for the for the 2019 Yellow Jackets. Well, my seven seniors should come in, and all of them should contribute in some way. That's a big class for you. It is. It is. We also have a big team, though. So, uh, purposely, I mean, I know I'm losing a lot. Right. So we'll have we have some great underclass, but uh, that. That group is de- pretty determined, and uh, we saw them in camp this summer, and I feel like that they've all progressed, and so and Miranda especially, but others. I mean, uh, Alexia Wolf is yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know Bailey Jones is is determined, you know, and she managed the men's team all year, and so she got to see men's volleyball mm. uh, all through the season, and I, I think that inspired her a little bit, and I, I mean they're all good, but. Um, I mean, I, I think we've got more depth than we've ever had, but we also have probably the roughest schedule we've ever had, it too. And I, I'm glad you said that because that was going to lean into what I was going to ask you about next. Schedule's crazy. And uh, yeah. it, one of the weird parts about it that leapt out at me immediately a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at it was, my God, 
God, they're spending September at home. Uh, but you have the usual uh, depth of opponents, quality of opponents. You're heading back to Atlanta right before the ODAC tournament. To, you know, as it says, iron sharpening iron. That's what it you is. Know, there's a, there's a, a, a purpose to what you know the mad doctor scientist is doing here with the schedule. A trip to Colorado in October, right there in the heart of the conference season. Um, you're, you're finding new and different ways to challenge your team. Which this, has to be getting it has to get difficult as the years go on. Well, I don't know. You just kind of get creative, you know. That's what I do all summer. As I think about that, <laughs> so I'm already thinking about 2020. Already about what you want to do with 2020. Oh yeah, yeah. You just it's, have that's part of planning. It, and that has to take also self-discipline on your part because mm-hmm. you're a part coach who's getting ready for you know th- this season. You're a part coach who's only going to look at the first game on the schedule and not the rest. Right. But you're a part coach who at the same time is in the back of your mind going, I may get a phone call that talks about what I'm trying to get accomplished on our 2020 schedule. So you got to be able to almost defragment yourself on a daily basis so that you can handle all of this and push the right buttons for what's happening right now. Uh, that's a good way to put it. But you know what the hardest thing is, is every August we do a team building trip. Mm-hmm. And every August I feel like I have to come up with something new and creative to top the last year. Okay. And it, it's very difficult. Have you it's, taken that trip yet? Which trip? Uh, 2019. Did it? No, we're going to do that uh, sometime in the first week probably. Okay. Do they know what's happening? Oh, no. Oh, then we're not talking about it. Well, we can talk about last. The I was about to say, now one. last year what did you do? Uh, what did we do? We went whitewater rafting. Oh, my. And that's hard to top. But, you know, we've gone caving. One year we went caving where they didn't know what was going to happen. I gave them an address. They had to show up in a parking lot. And there were people there ready to dress them in overalls and helmets and light hats. And they, we went caving underground for four or five hours. And we had, a, uh, uh, we had it set up as teams where they would have to find things in the cave. And then whatever they found would point them to the next clue. And at the end, they were trying to put a message together. Really? So, I mean, we, yeah, I think about that all the time. I love that. That's Isn't incredible. That yeah, that's just phenomenal. And just the, the thought of trying to come up with ideas I, like that and then implementing them. Oh, my God. It's, gonna say, it's, it's very difficult sometimes. But other times, like we've, we've gone and done team building on the James River with uh, paddle boarding and kayaking and things. And But, you know, it's part of bringing them all together. I mean, right. there aren't many sports where you take six people and put them into 900 square feet and ask them to play together. Right. You know, and you can go back to dance. Like, you know. A, a dance is choreographed with all those people on stage, and it's a similar thing. You you choreograph it in order to make it work, and they've got to understand each other to do that. And I think our team building trip is part of that. But um, it's a, it's hard to get creative and, and, and top each one. Um, it's interesting, actually. And that's a challenge that you enjoy, though. Obviously, I do enjoy it. Oh. That's fantastic. So the ladies, have they started official practice yet or are they on the way in? Saturday. Okay. So Saturday gets going with practice, and then the first games of the season are at the beach at the Virginia Wesleyan Tournament. Friday evening, you open with Wesley. Uh, that's a 5 p.m. start, and then that's Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Uh, you get Pitt of Bradford and St. Mary's, Maryland, and then you finally come home for your first September 6th part of the Randolph-Macon Invitational as we leave. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, we've been trying to put together home tournaments for a long time, and so uh, we finally got some teams that wanted to come. Um, and it's kind of nice. You know, they want to come to play good teams generally. So good teams.
games can host. And, right. And we've gone to tournaments in the past that weekend, and um, we might in the future, but um, it was a nice change up to give the, because we're doing so much traveling in October. Right. We tried really hard to get more home matches as much as possible in mm-hmm. September on the front end. Yeah. I don't blame you because you worry, you worry about the stamina, making sure that they're peaking come November and beyond. Right. Absolutely. So opening night in terms of regular season at home, it's actually a Friday afternoon affair. Randolph making invitational is September 6th and 7th. Doubleheader on Friday, Marymount at 3 p.m., Susquehanna at 7.30. And then on Saturday, it's Salisbury at 10 a.m. And Avery University coming in for 2 o'clock. Yeah, two of those teams were in the NCAA tournament. So nothing coming easy once again this year by nope. design. By design. Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys in Crenshaw. Coach Bill Rogers, thank you. Well, thanks for the attention. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Looking forward to the 2019 season. Again, that gets underway Labor Day weekend. Thanks for being with us here at Sports Page Grill. Thanks, Rob. Bill Rogers, head of uh, volleyball operations and the women's volleyball coach. 19th season begins on the 30th. That is two weeks. Wow, hard to believe. Two weeks from Friday with three matches in Virginia Beach at Virginia Wesleyan's Tournament Labor Day weekend. They go to Mary Washington for a Wednesday night uh, affair on September 4th at 7. And then they host the Randolph-Macon Invitational Friday and Saturday, September 6th and 7th. The ODAC schedule, in case you were wondering, begins with a home match against Randolph on Wednesday night, September 18th. We're not done with the Yellow Jacket Sports. When we come back on the other side of the next break, Jess Weiss, the head in field the hockey zone. coach we'll at Randolph-Macon, joins us live. We get set for the 2019 season for the Yellow Jackets, which officially gets underway on the road on Friday, August 30th. Always a great time talking with Jess. We'll do that next. Coming up live here at Sports Page Grill Ashland on 1029 The Mater and online at the RBA Sports Network. You are in the Red Zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923, offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West also gives you one stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, 
It's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. Let's go. Uh, I I feel like I'm rolling downhill here when we get into August because all the teams are coming back. They're into practice or about to get into practice, especially on the Randolph-Macon campus. Had a chance to talk with head coach Pedro Aruzzo of football last week. Great conversation with volleyball coach, women's volleyball coach, Bill Rogers just a moment ago, and now we turn our attention to field hockey. And this is a sport that I have a particular passion about because I feel like because of where it is on the annual schedule, it kind of fights a little bit for attention in football season and with some other pretty major sports going on, too, from volleyball, etc. So anytime we get a chance to talk a little field hockey here on In the Red Zone, we're going to do it. And we are joined by the head coach at Randolph-Macon College, Jess Weiss. Coach, I can't believe this is season four. Uh, me either, honestly. Where did the time I, go? And I'm, I'm so much older sure. than you. I can say that. You shouldn't have to. I know. it's It really is crazy. I can't believe that it's already been. And I mean, it just seems like I just got here. Um, I can't believe the core recruiting class that we brought in. They're going to be juniors this year. I mean, I feel like... I remember their freshman year like it was yesterday. Like yesterday. Um, so the fact that it's gone this fast, I mean, I think it's a good thing, too. It's been a really enjoyable time for me so far at Randolph-Macon, and I've loved the team, love the people I work with, and, you know, love this town and all that. So I'm really thankful to be here, and it, it's been a great ride so far. Let me tee this one up for you because it's, I think it's important to note having two Randolph-Macon head coaches on the show here tonight. How much have you enjoyed being able to work and network with and become friends with and colleagues with the other coaches? of the sports and the athletic program at Randolph-Macon because I I believe you look at some of the longevity of some of the coaches that have been there for so so many years and Coach Rogers among them, that creates a synergy and an opportunity for learning if you're coming in new that maybe you don't get in many other places. I don't care what division level you're talking about at the collegiate level. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely coaches that – certain questions I have I know I can go to them because they've been here for a while or there's other people that are brand new you know we share an office or a hallway with women's across women's soccer and softball and there's a mix of experience there yeah. you know some people have gone to Randolph making have truly been there for a very long time so there's definitely a good mix and you know all the different sports no matter what the season is you know I know I can go downstairs and talk coach hey coach Hedrick will come upstairs so it it really is fantastic to have different people of different variations um, who've been there for forever and obviously I know you know Jeff has been there he's an alum and he obviously has great insight and it's just really 
comforting to know no matter what office you go into I feel like I can ask anyone for for anything so it has been great and you know some people have family some people don't so there's different things that you can ask different people so having that mix I think has been been really important for me um, and it's just been really really great so far I've truly enjoyed working for the department real quickly take me back when you had the opportunity to come to Randolph Macon as head coach what drew you to make the decision of yes I'll go honestly it reminded me of where I went to school so I went to Susquehanna University in PA and the small liberal arts division three institution is that that's me um, you know I played two sports I was in a sorority I had jobs so I wanted a place that truly spoke to who I was I didn't want to go to a place where I felt like I had to sell it I wanted to work somewhere where I felt like it truly was who I am so that way I didn't have to put on a front I believe in division three and liberal arts and this felt like home to me because it exactly reminded me of where I went to school it was easy makes perfect sense yep. so looking back now three years in getting ready for season four uh, in this particular off season what are some of the things that that you kind of ruminated on or thought about that that you wanted to uh you know see improve or change and what were some of the things that maybe happened in the 2018 season that you could look at and go okay we're going to build on a b and c going into 2019 sure i think the number one thing is just the shift in mindset of when your team is a majority underclassmen and now they're majority upperclassmen. Okay. You just have a little bit of that edge that you didn't before. Um, I think that's number one that all spring we kind of really worked on just in general the juniors and seniors, their leadership and what they were going to add to the team and not just in your typical setting a good example or this or that, but just the mindset of every single day. So now they know what it takes over the summer what you shouldn't do over the summer, how to encourage other people to get on board with you. And we talked a lot about that, that the best teammates don't just show up and do what they think they're supposed to do. They bring other people with them. So we spent a lot of time trying to talk about how do you bring the people with you to make the group better. We're not going to be any better if you go by yourself. Right. So we talked a lot about bringing, you know, people that maybe need that little extra motivation along with you to go to a workout or to do this or that. So they've had a lot of that. And they also are in little colonies. So they're in three colonies throughout the summer. Um, and they've taken a lot of time to communicate within those groups. Um, and we actually also started something called Mental Health Monday. And Megan Hara, one of our rising juniors, uh, went to an NCAA convention. Um, and she talked to another student athlete there about that. And the team was fully on board. And they you know, were hands off on it. The coaching staff has no idea what they talk about. But they have a partner every single Monday. Um, they did it once a month over the summer instead of once a week uh, like they do during the year. And they just sit down and talk about real life things that they're going through so that way they know they're not alone and they have someone that can empathize with them or maybe give them some advice and whatnot so I think that's really helped them be a little bit more vulnerable with each other which in my opinion allows them to make more mistakes in practice it allows them to ask for help if they need it um, and it allows them to kind of be more of themselves which to me that's the culture that we wanted to create. We wanted to create a place of inclusion where they know they can be themselves, but that we also have a way that we want to operate. So I think just in terms of developing the culture, that's really helped a little bit um, just for them to get to know each other better. I mean, that's, that's all really anybody ever wants is for someone to understand where they're coming from. So we spent a lot of time on developing relationships. Um, I think that's truly important to, to winning games. So we spent a lot of time on that. Um, but otherwise, just the basics. Um, myself and our new assistant coach, Morgan, we're really, we've taken a lot of time this summer to think about what we want to focus on and just getting back to doing the basic things right at the highest possible pace, I think, is going to be what makes the difference between 
winning some of those games that we lost by one or in overtime and not. Right. Tell me about Morgan, about the, the newest addition to the coaches staff. Sure. Um, Morgan is Morgan Bidding. She just graduated from Duke. Um, she's oh, a, that's all. Hmm. Yeah, she's a central PA girl, so um, we have the, the same uh, northern passion. That's the way we like to phrase it, the same northern passion. Um, she's a little bit calmer than I am, which is what she pointed out the other day, and I didn't disagree whatsoever. Um, but, no, she's fantastic. Um, you know, she, like I said, just graduated from Duke, so she's super young, and she super eager. Um, she was a defensive midfielder, so she has a lot of experience, um, obviously at a very high level, but she has fantastic energy. I think we complement each other really, really well, which is obviously super important. Um, she truly echoes my vision for personal wellness and making sure that they develop as people first. Um, she does share my same competitive drive. Um, we want to win very, very badly, um, but she is also she just wants things to be done simply and done well. Um, and I think she's going to be great for the girls in terms of inspiring them with some energy and, and just setting a really great example of what it looks like to be a well-rounded student athlete. And really, it's it, some people would think it would be a disadvantage. I disagree. I think it's an advantage that she comes in and her age difference between, say, your junior class and her is only a couple of years. So while they'll learn to respect her as coach, mm -hmm. at the same time, it's going to be someone who's from their generation and totally understands what they're going through For and what sure. they're doing. Absolutely. And that to me is obviously a very big deal. Um, it's definitely something that is going to benefit her, benefit them. Um, I want them to be able to lean on her if need be, but she's one of the most mature students recent grads I've ever seen. So I'm not worried whatsoever about that line. And that's something that I make very clear. I want our student athletes to obviously enjoy what they do. So they do have a great relationship with me, but they also know there's a time and a place and there's a line and there's a, a coach, like we said before, coach dubs. And then there's <laughs> a yes, ma'am. So they truly understand the line between that. And they've already started saying yes, ma'am to her. So that's, you know, without a doubt, something that she's going to be able to seamlessly handle. That's awesome. Yeah. Jess Weiss, head field hockey coach at Randolph Macon with us here live at Sports Page Grill on In the Red Zone. Coach, eight and nine a season ago. Um, would I be correct in saying generating offense would be a, a top concern uh, for improvement for 2019? Because uh, sometimes goals were hard to come by for you guys a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely the number one thing. Number one thing would be putting the ball in the goal. Number two would be better time of possession. We need to take care of the ball a little bit more. Um, we would do some good things defensively and just sometimes struggle to, to move the ball up the field um, for various reasons. Um, so that would be number two. And then number three would just be to be able to break down, um, just to press a little bit heavier. Um, in my opinion, you're going to score more goals when you can turn the ball over immediately. Um, so we're going to spend a lot of time. That's something we've already really talked about in the office in depth is developing a better press to turn the ball over deeper in our attacking end and not letting it as deep in our defensive end. So um, that would be number three is to press heavier. Um, so those are the top three things that we're really going to focus on. Wow. And they all kind of work together. For sure. Uh, especially one and three when you're looking at generating more offense if you're able to press and mm -hmm. spend a lot more time, let's say, shortening the field even, you know, 40% to, yep. to this much as opposed to the entire field Absolutely. and giving your defenders a little bit more of a break as opposed to we just defended well, things have gone yeah. well, they're getting, wait a minute, there's a turnover and they're right back on their heels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well last year I think we from 2000.
17 to 18, I think we generated 50 more attacking corners, which was obviously fantastic, and we were thrilled with that. Right. Um, but our conversion rate wasn't as high as it should have been, So, um, which, you know, could come down to, to play calling, could come down to execution. There's, you know, various factors, so there's no one thing to pinpoint it on, but that was a huge step. Um, and I do think that did come with a little bit more pressure up front and just being a little bit smarter with our shot selection and things like that, recognizing, okay, maybe we can't shoot it, let's just hit a foot instead. So their IQ has increased over time as well, which obviously comes with experience. So I definitely think that's going to be something that now now they understand. Having that many one-goal games and that many overtime losses last oh. year, they're, they're still... They're still riding that feeling right now, so that's definitely something that I feel confident that they're going to be able to change. Well, then I also suspect the fact that you go four and five at home, you're four and four if you count away games and neutral games together, three mm -hmm. and three, one and one. Yeah, uh, you you just there's something about home turf that you want to be able to 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 hold ground and be successful, and I know that that probably left a pretty bitter taste in their mouths too. Yeah, we talked a lot about that that this spring. Um, that again, I think it comes back to like we said before is just the details um, in, in various ways. I mean, obviously, we would like to put the ball in more, but I think we, you know, also let opponents take a few more shots than I would have liked as well. Right. Um, and like I said, we could have trapped some balls better in the midfield. And there's various things, um, you know, and it, it does come back to, you know, uh, calling maybe a corner a little bit better too on my end as well. So there's so many things that could go into it, but we do feel like uh, that's something that's really fueled us to keep going and to, to be better um, and to make some adjustments that maybe we wouldn't have made if we won two or three of those games. Right. So while in the moment it was extremely painful i think now it's really really fired them up and really fueled to to move them forward yeah and you look at the odac quarterfinal result from last year mm -hmm. one nothing uh yeah. you know it's not like you went into the quarterfinals and someone handed handled you easily that mm -hmm. wasn't the case whatsoever there were opportunities there which yeah. tells you on the flip side i know it was disappointing then but on the flip side now is a new day dawns hey we get back in that position we can get to the semifinals. we can get to the championship right right and obviously that was an improvement to make the playoffs two years in a row back to back um hadn't been done um i think in four three or four years mm -hmm. um i think since 2013 2014 so for us that was obviously a huge step and that was definitely our our initial goal um yeah that outcome i mean losing to roanoke in double overtime the first game two to one in the regular season and then one zero in regulation in the playoffs was not easy um and to go there twice and you know second year in a row losing on that field in the quarterfinals um our hope now is that we don't have to play that quarterfinal game that'd be nice um to skip over it all together um but if we're gonna have to play it um it would be nice to get that one in the win column oh yes absolutely now there are changes coming to college field hockey tell us a little bit about the major changes and and kind of your thoughts walk us through this sure uh the the biggest change which 99% of people will notice. Um, there's other small changes that I think, you know, unless you were an expert, no one would ever know. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest thing is that we're going to switch the game of quarters. So we're now going to play four 15-minute quarters with a one-and-a-half to two-minute break in between. So I say one-and-a-half to two because it's one-and-a-half, and then everyone has to be on the field the clock resets at two minutes and the horn blows right away. Okay. So it's not a loose two, like a media timeout at a basketball game. Uh -huh. It is a everyone must be ready or else the team gets a card. So um, four 15-minute quarters, um, a 10-minute halftime still. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, um, something else that people might notice is that the time's now going to stop on corners. Okay. So before, it used to kind of be a tactic. Okay, we're up. 
by a goal or we're up by two goals, let's get a corner and kind of let the time run let out. Let the time run. You yep. can't do that anymore. Can't so do it. the time's going to stop on corners. Um, you're supposed to take within about 45 seconds or so. And is that all game long? All game. Okay, because mm-hmm. sometimes you know they'll Last make two minutes, ride, yeah. that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Good. I'm so glad it's they made be, a uniform. Yep, it's going to be the entire game. Um, in my opinion, it really is going to speed up the pace of play. Mm-hmm. I mean. There is going to be obviously a natural break, whereas before, you know, 35 minute half, you're then thinking about, okay, when should I sub? When should I do this? Now there's already a progression midway through. So I, I think it will increase the pace of the game. I think it does make subbing. It's just different with the subbing. So we're, it's, that's going to take us some time to get used to. We played with it in the spring. We tried to get it somewhat equal playing time across the board because it's our spring game and it was pretty tough to consistently sub people on the move so it's definitely going to be something that increases the pace of play i think we're going to generate a lot more attack as as a sport i just think it's inevitable i mean because you're thinking about your attacking mids and your attackers that are now going to be high powered for 15 minutes and get a two-minute break and be able to do it again, whereas before you're looking at some of those mids playing an entire half. Right. So I do think it's going to keep the pace of play up, which hopefully will make it more exciting, which hopefully will draw more attention. And more attention, exactly. It's kind of It reminds me of the situation that hockey was in, ice hockey professionally. It, it's been some years back now where they finally okay. decided, okay, get rid of the two-line pass. Uh, oh, you right, know, right, right. And, and there was just, like the New Jersey Devils could win Stanley Cups because they knew how to just make it right. as boring as possible and win right. games one Oh, as a Flyers fan, I know this. You get this, exactly. (laughs) So they made made changes to loosen things up and make the game faster, Mm -hmm. more exciting, more offensive-oriented, and to me, it changed the sport for the better, no doubt. And I like what I'm hearing here. Yeah, it will definitely make it more exciting. I mean, it obviously comes down to, you know, if you share facilities, now we're not quite sure how long the game's going to take. So if we get 35 corners in a game, you're talking about stoppage time and this and that. So I think overall, they say on average, uh, a corner when you don't stop time takes about 45 seconds to a minute okay so then you're talking about 30 minutes of wasted time on a corner if you've got 35 corners in a game so i think that's also the rationale behind it is increase the actual playing time while we're playing um you know i I have mixed feelings on it i really like to know research and facts behind things before i truly decide whether or not i'm in love with it yeah in theory i think it's going to be great for the sport how it will affect larger rosters and things like that will be interesting um that's one thing that i wish i did know a little bit more about or how it was going to change the timing of the game but it sounds like the facts that people presented were making it seem like it was going to be the same amount of time but again we'll see but i do think overall for the excitement of the sport it's going to make it a little bit more more exciting have the ladies reported yet uh they move in friday they move in friday yes. and quickly comes sunday the 25th because you've got a scrimmage we sure head do. up salisbury mm-hmm. and then you scrimmage mary washington here yes and then the season starts at mcdaniel on the 30th it's a busy week that's that's yeah that's a crazy it's a week. Busy week a lot going on but is that kind of done by design in the sense of you know get them in get them settled get them ready and then hey off we go it was um especially playing to cac teams in our scrimmages we wanted to play people that were going to prepare us to then be ready to play on the 30th right. so playing a team like salisbury who i mean don chamberlain's done a great job there and they're traditionally one of the top teams in the country so to be able to scrimmage them with the new rules right at a high pace is exactly what we wanted for us that's going to allow us when we do great things to feel really great about it and when we get exposed to really figure out what we need to fix. To fix. So being able to go there, go on a long road trip to start, it's always nice to get them off campus. They need a change of scenery. Yeah. Um, 
get them out there and then, you know, scrimmage Mary Wash here to get a feel for what it's like to play in quarters on day field. Um, and then, like we said, be ready just to get moving and, and know what it feels like to play quarters and to, to win our opener. It is time. Yep. It is indeed time. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Season starts August 30th on the road. First time you can watch the Yellow Jackets at home the following Wednesday night against Southern Virginia. That's 730. Will that be a day field? Coach? It will. Yes. Okay. All games at day field. All right. All games this year at day field. That's very important to note. That changes a lot, too. No grass across the track. You're yep. playing on the turf. Yep. That's big. Looking forward to it. Jess Wise, head coach, field hockey at Randolph-Macon. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it, as always. Come back after our final timeout. We'll get you ready for next week's show and announce our high school football game of the week for September 13th. That's coming up next in the Red Zone. There's more to come right after this short break. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stottenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. Sports Page Grill Ashland. A quick thank you to our sponsors for making In the Red Zone possible here each week on 1029 The Mater. Of course, our friends here, Squirrel, Willie, and the gang at Sports Page Grill Ashland always enjoy being here on Monday nights, and it's the place to come when your favorite sport team is on TV. Come on out, have dinner, have lunch, whatever they might be playing. They'll get it on the television for you, and you'll have a great time here in the center of the universe, right down the road of England Street, as we think in ink. Chuck and the gang, with all of your printing needs, I know a lot of nonprofits that are school related or getting ready for their 2019-2020 pushes. If you need banners for back-to-school events or things like that, We Think in Ink is the place to go. And of course, our friends at Massey Wood and West. MasseyWoodandWest.com 355-1721. It's almost time to start thinking about you better make sure that your HVAC unit is going to work to pump some heat in your home. We'll be in October and November before you know it, so make sure you hang out and get in touch with the friends at Massey Wood and West. Get a checkup before that season turn occurs. All right, Real quick, game of the week, week three. Let's announce it. First, of course, two-night doubleheader, first week of the season, August 29th, Osborne at Patrick Henry, 5.30 start time here on the Mater with the On the Sidelines pregame presented by Virginia Farm Bureau Insurance. Back again with NBC 12 Sports Director Mark Davis for Season 7 of our Working Together Agreement with On the Sidelines. Can't wait for that. Then it's Osborne, Patrick Henry kicking off at 6. The next night, Friday the 30th, we're live in Chester for a special game of the week. Cosby, Thomas Dale featuring the number one recruit in the Richmond area, Chris Tyree of Thomas Dale heading to Notre Dame. Then the following week is Monaghan at Hanover on September 6th. And now we can tell you for sure, September 13th, we'll be at Atley High School. Raider Nation in full force. Mills Godwin Atley, our game of the week, week three.
3 on September 13th, every Friday night game after Labor Day. It'll be pregame 6.30, kickoff at 7 p.m. Next week here in the Red Zone, we're going to have head coach Mike Townsend, uh, Patrick Henry Boys Volleyball, football coach at Lee Davis, Ryan Turnage, and possibly one more guest as well. Jam-pack edition next week. Join us then. Until then, Rob Witham saying good night, everybody. Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited. Listening to WHAN AM 1430 kHz and W275 BQ FM 102.9 MHz, Ashland and Hanover County.